0: November eighth, two thousand twenty-two. In Masech Berachot, we're continuing on Dav Zayin Aleph, in the widest line to count down thirteen lines, and it's the second word on the line. It says the Gemara, "VeAmar Biohanan Mishum Biose, Toba Mardut Ahat BeLiboshel Adam Yoter Mikama Malkiyot." It's greater. It's better. Mardut Ahat BeLiboshel Adam. Uh, internal, uh, self-inspired regret that a person has is greater, is better than uh, even kama, many malkiyot, being lashed. In other words, instead of getting it from the outside, that someone rebukes you, that Akadosh Baruch needs to afflict you and give you that pain, the more enduring, the more true change that a person will experience and have in life, is when it's inspired by they themselves, from their own mardut biliboshel adam, their own soulful and heartfelt uh, regret. Shene it cites a pasuk to uh, support this notion. A pasuk says here in Sefer Hoshea ve'li'defa et me'ahaveha, ve'lo tasigotam, u'bikshatam ve'lo timsa. The Elecha ve'ashuva elishi harishon, kitob me'ata. Says Rashi, in interpreting this uh, derasha, this, this is a description here in Sefer Hoshea, how over the course of time we were, in some respect, searching for God. Now the Pesukim beforehand describe how we were afflicted, how he brought us torture and pain and punishment, but we, so to speak, didn't find him until we, self-inspired, said, my goodness, something's missing from my life. I need to find him. I need to connect to him. It means that the most enduring, the truest, most genuine connection that you'll have to matters of absolute, to akadosh Baruch Hu, to Torah Mitzvot, comes from and to relationships with another from self-inspired internal regret, Resh Lakish Lakish's statement, he uh, one-ups Rabbi Ochanan. Rabbi Ohanan said it's greater the internal regret which comes from the person themselves than several, than many malkiot. Says Resh Lakish, Yoter mea even more than a hundred lashes. How so? Again, lashes meaning something external. External. Shene says, as the pasuk says in Sefer Mishlei, Tahad Geara b'Mevin excuse me, Tehat ge'ara b'mevin, it's mehakot kesil me'a. It's greater, it's stronger, ge'ara b'mevin. The understanding of ge'ara over here is the self-cry, uh, the self-anxiety, the self-regret uh, self is, uh, is greater in a person who's me'vin, who understands on their own, independently, mehakot kesil me'a, than lashing, than giving hits to a k'sil, a silly person, even me'a, even a hundred times over. So the statement in turn uh, quite clearly is, and I think psychologically uh, somewhat uh, apparent to us, if you're looking to truly change, it oftentimes, if not always, is greatest and most genuine when you inspire yourself. It's not just that you heard something and that person's words or the reality in life forced you into it, it's something that you came to independently. (laughs) Ve'amar The Gemara is continuing and citing words from Rabbi Hanan, who cited, in turn, Rabbi Yoseh. Three things that Moshe requested of HaKadosh Baruch and each of them were granted to him. Rashi cites the Pasuk here in Parashat Kitisa, at the conclusion of what's seemingly three requests. Pasuk says, Gam et Ga means as well. This thing as well, I'll do, which seems to imply that the earlier requests were also answered and given to him. Well, what were these earlier requests? shechina al yisrael v'natanlo. Moshe again after chaita egel turns to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and requests. God could you give us your indwelling your shekhinah could you uh, give am yisrael that ability to bask in your presence to live life in your presence shine imar imanu turns to god and he says uh, we will be best when you're <inaudible> imanu when you walk in our midst and that's the shekhinah shekhinah <inaudible> alov he furthermore asks that this be exclusive we want your presence Please leave it to us as opposed to with others. Uh, to a certain extent, a berit, uh, oftentimes uh, some make this point, designates that it's to the exclusion of all other parties, which means to say, I'm koret, I'm cutting something, cutting out the external. This is between me and you. So, as a result, at a time of berit, of covenant with God, Moshe most specifically and powerfully says, Oh, we need you, but we need it to the exclusion of others. We don't want to split your attention, of course, kivyachol. naka O'anakadosh uh, Baruch Hu, gives him that as well. She after all, Moshe requests, Veniflinu ani ve'amecha. Pasuk says we should be niflinu. What is the word niflinu? Uh, Not nafalnu, but niflinu. Niflinu is a reference, uh, excuse me, veniflinu ani Uh, Niflinu we have in the Makot of Mitzrayim as well. Uh, Niflinu is a reference to milashon nifla almost. I think it's along the same lines. It's wondrous. It's something that's set apart. Moshe requests that we be different than others. And as a result, again, as Rashi reminded us at the beginning, God responds to Moshe, I listen to you on this as well. Uh, demonstrating to us, implying that he listens on each of these. So shekhina to Israel, shekhina not to others. Lastly, bikesh lehodi'o odirachav shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Moshe requests of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, could you teach me? Hodiani dirachecha, could you teach me your ways? Venatan lo sheneemar, hodiyanina He turns to God and he says, could you instruct me of your ways? Now the Gemara pauses just on that last one. So what does it mean to ask, to request the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Of course, we don't have, per se, the conversation of Moshe Akadosh Baruch Hu in all of its detail, but we're imagining, or we're dealing based on tradition, as to what are the words of Moshe? What was Moshe searching for when he says, teach me your ways, God? Why is it that sometimes there's righteous people who have good? And sometimes, uh, right, righteous people who have not good lives, who have objective difficulty, suffering, and uh, wrongful occurrences. Yes, rasha' Vetoblo. Same way you have wicked people, objectively speaking, it seems. And life is good for them. Yes. <laughs> And he says, and lastly, sometimes you have wicked people who have bad lives. Who's Moshe referring to? Moshe seems to be talking existentially about all of human beings. I don't know that he's per se honing in on a specific. You might ask, what does it have to do with context? Context is, this is after Chetayeg, or what type of question is he asking at that time? As I understand it is like this. This is at the time that God is granting mercy and clemency to Ami, so he's forgiving them. Moshe, as many of us will experience in relationships with one another, realizes this is a time where we're really close. Sometimes when we're so far apart from one another and we finally make up, it's a moment of intensity. Moshe turns to Akadosh Baruch Hu and says, but I have some mysteries. There's certain things about existence, about life that really disturb me. Now is my opportunity. It's not that, you know, you could have said it the opposite way. You could have said, oh, you're so distant. He was about to wipe out your people and now you're asking for this. No, quite the opposite. Now that he got the forgiveness from God, they're really coming closer. He even asked those earlier two questions. This is a moment of intensity. He turns to God and he says, I want to understand the way it all works. The way it all works is the way nature, the way the world, the way you, God, interact with human beings, because I don't understand it. Sadik Feralo, Rasha Amarlo, the initial response in the eyes of the rabbis was, or the vision initially of the rabbis was, Amarlo, he responds to Moshe, Moshe, Amarlo Moshe. Amar mo. Excuse me, Amarlo, what's that? Amarlo. Amar lo, my Gemara says. Yeah, Amar lo, Moshe, Sadiq vetoblo Sadiq ben Sadiq. Sadiq v'ra' lo, Sadiq ben Rasha. Rasha' vetoblo Rasha' ben Sadiq. Rasha' v'ra' lo, Rasha' ben Rasha. The response in the eyes <speaking> of the rabbis <speaking> initially is, this is determined by lineage. If you have proper lineage and you're righteous, Sadiq vetoblo If alternatively bad lineage, again, determine in the court and mind of God, uh, so then uh, you might have a difficult life. accordingly. Of course, it's going to be a very difficult cell in the eyes of the Gemara, in the eyes of the Hakamim, in the eyes of human beings. Are you telling me my life will be determined, again, against all odds, let's say, I overcame a difficult household, and as a result, I have difficult circumstances? Amar mor, sadiq vetoblo, sadiq sadiq ben sadiq, sadiq veralo, sadiq ben rasha'ini, is that really so, that we can or should determine and understand God's ways in the world as, de- as, as uh, predicated upon what your forefather or father did? Doesn't the pasuk on the one hand say, It seems to say that the sin, the wrongdoings of uh, the fathers will be remembered for the children. But on the other hand, the pasuk says, Children will not be killed based on the wrongdoing of their forefathers, of their fathers. And separately, the Chachamim asked this as a contradiction. And we answered in that context, there was no contradiction the contradiction is resolved by stating that when is it that God in some respect takes your forefathers' actions and, uh, and and remembers them with you if you held on to their ways alternatively if you moved away from their ways that's when the Torah says Lo yimtu, you don't die based on the wrongdoings the sins of your forefathers but wait a second you just told me Sadiq is because of his forefather but you're a Sadiq. it can't be that that was the response of God can it? rather perhaps this is what god responded to moshe at that time sadik vetoblo sadik gamur sadik vera no sadik sheno gamur rasha vetoblo rasha sheno gamur rasha vera rasha gamur he responded based on the quality of the individual now, it's not to say that it's going to be 100% accuracy with regards to the way we experience it, but it is to state that a general picture, and again, what does it mean, rasha' gamur and sadiq gamur, to envision a person as 100% is, is practically, if not absolutely impossible, but the vision then, in a theoretical sense, and a hypothetical, and understanding values, goes like this. If you're gamur, so then you rise above or descend below the laws of nature. If you're a part of this world, which effectively is going to be everyone, uh, so then, you will be governed by the world, the rules of this world, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu won't allow for you to have a elevated or 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 um, lower status than others with regards to the way that you interact with with the world and the way life interacts with you. So again, so the Gemara's answer is is mysterious. It suggests the only time you're going to find quote the way it should be is when you have a gamur. Of course, you're never going to find the gamur, and in turn, the response of God to Moshe is effectively. It's the way it works. The only way you can tap out of reality, get out of a regular world, is if you elevate or, or, or lower yourself from the world that we have. the gemaras of truth, is a with regard to understanding God's ways, did a bimeir. There's a machloket with a bimeir over here because this statement was that there was a response to Moshe's question of this statement of Rabi in contrast is two of the requests were granted to Moshe uh, however, one of them was not granted to him which one was that? the response of God is I'll give hen, I'll give that uh, goodwill to he whom and she whom I will give goodwill to Meaning, The response of God is that, um, that I will give mercy and goodwill uh, to the one that I see fit. Now, who do you see fit? Even if he isn't actually fit. Does that come from the word, like, like fair? Yes, even if it's not appropriate. Fair and appropriate. That's a crazy thing. Rashi doesn't reveal everything to us on this, but Rashi seems to take the Gemara almost at face value. Says Rashi, um, <laughs> Says Rashi, even though he's not worthy of it, I'll give mercy. Alternatively, uh, some Mephashim suggest, uh, don't read it as literally as Rashi seems to be reading it. Rather, it's in the eyes of human beings. There is some ulterior plan and vision, it's just that we don't have the perspective, and that's, not what, that's what's not granted to Moshe. At the end of Rabbi Jonathan Sachs Alav HaShalom's life, there was a viral video uh, maybe it came out after his death, in which a woman asked him this question. She said to him, how is it that uh, we, we know so much about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so much about the Torah, why is it that Sadiq Vira lo Rasha he wouldn't reveal to Moshe Rabbeinu? Did you ever have a pause for reflection on that, Rabbi? My mother, I think she said, asked you this some time ago, and you didn't have an answer. Now I wonder if you can give me an answer. Now it's an interesting thing in dialogue. I'll tell you his answer in a, question, in a in a moment, which is very telling and very very impactful, Um, but uh, he wrote a full book on this issue. He wrote a full book on healing a fractured world, I forgot the specific name of it, which what he answered in two minutes in this viral clip was what he wrote in that book. I wonder what that initial interaction was really about, but what he answers is as follows. He says the way it works, and he builds it elsewhere, the way it works is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu crafted a world and put us into it in order to complete that world. Our job is to find completeness in this world through our ways, this week's parashah of Abraham Avinu, challenging HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through challenging what seems to be, to you and me, unfair the inequalities of life, you and me turn and and we say, let's make this world a better place. Now, if God were to reveal to us why that guy is suffering, and there was some rational explanation, you and I would turn around and say, all right, we're not giving sidaka, we're not giving idut hasadim, he's deserving of it. Specifically by hiding it from us, he forces us to play the other role. He forces us to rise to the occasion and to say, God, we're going to make this better. He wants that. It's a world which was crafted and created for us to involve ourselves. It's very much the, the message of of, of, of Akadosh Baruch Hu in this past week's parasha. It's he tallech lefana Turns him with the berit milah. Ani el shadai. First and foremost, shamarti onamidai. The Gemara in Hagigah says that name shindaliyod is God saying enough to this world. We mean enough. He didn't create a perfect world. He created a world where there is. Uh, problems, there are deficiencies. And now, you do the Berit Milah, designate with that a direction in life. It's the Midrash of the Hachamim, the Pasuk says in Perik Beta Bereshit, instead of saying Bibriatam or something like that, they unscramble that word and they find Abraham, the creation of the world, Eretz Vishamayim, Shamayim Va'aritz, was Abraham. Abraham stands for bettering a world which was purposefully left deficient by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In fact, just this past Shabbat, I found in the the Chumash with Rabbi Soloveitchik's insights, that he points out that at the time of Berit Milah, it's one of the only passages, if not the only, in the life of Abraham, where the name of Akadosh Baruch Hu to him is not Yodke Vavke, as we see their conversation throughout, but directly from Akadosh Baruch Hu, it's Elokim. And Elokim is the name that's used with regards to God as a creator in Perik Alpha of Bereshit. So effectively, at the time of the Berit, he turns to Abraham and he says, Elokim. Now I want you to play partnership with me. I'm coming to you as a creator and in turn, I bring it full circle with Rabbi Sax's insight to this to this general perspective. The reason we have Sadiq Ferano, is because had we had it any other way, you and I would be complacent. We wouldn't rise to the occasion to find better natured um, 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 experiences and circumstances for others. We wouldn't be involved in Sadaqah Mishpat and Gimilut Hasadim and Sadaqah and so forth. Uh, so that's the suggestion with regards to this Gemara. It says the Gemara Honor, The Pasuk says that um, Moshe requests to see the face of God and God says, you can't see my face. Now, the statement of this Beraita goes as follows. God says, you can't see my face because he reminds Moshe in the past when I wanted you to look, you didn't look at the sineh. That's what it's a reference to. We'll see it a little bit in the Gemara. Moshe covers his face at the first encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the burning bush. At that point, you couldn't look. Now that you want to look, I won't show you. It's, It's almost a punishment. It's almost a reality. There is something to be said about that in relationships, having not everything revealed all at once or at any point. By definition, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says to him, "Listen, Moshe, you wanted a depth in this relationship. You didn't. You couldn't have everything revealed to you. You hid your face at that time, not only from fear, but from the awesomeness of my nature. You couldn't have it. You needed it to be a development. Now you want me to just show it to you. I'm reading it less as a punishment, more as a realization. Hakadosh Baruch Hu turns to Moshe, he turns to each of us, and you know, sometimes we have those difficult days in our life. If only God could give me the explanation." God gave you the explanation, a lot of your life's meaning would be lost, similar to that mean message we just mentioned the, a moment ago. The, the fact that there is that hidden nature, which, Moshe, you wanted, is, is part of existence. As a human being, you're searching for that meaning. You need to find a way within your life to better the world, to find meaning in every experience. If it was handed to you, as you know Moshe, um, this would be no life. It would be no life as a as development of, of achievement as a human being. The statement that Moshe was told by Akadosh Baruch, you can't see my face at any cost because of your statement in the past, is a mahloka with this statement of Rabbi What's that statement? Bishar Shalosh, Zachale Shalosh, for three. Uh, deeds for three actions. Moshe merited three actions. In other words, instead of envisioning that initial covering his eyes as something maybe you shouldn't have done, and as a result, this is what comes back in the future, maybe directly parallel, maybe even punishment in the eyes of the Gemara, it appears. Uh, this is a sachar. What, what's the sachar? First and foremost, bishar in merit and as a, uh, as a reward for the pasuk saying that Moshe wouldn't look what does the Pasuk say? Vayaster Moshe Panav. Zacha, Moshe's merit is liklaster panim. He had a radiant face. Quotes Rashi from the Pasuk. At the end of Parashat Kitisa, where it says, Karan or Panav, Moshe's, uh, the, the, the skin of his face was radiant. The people couldn't look at him. Bishar ki kiyaret. Pasuk says, furthermore, because he had fear, because he was inspired by, by the awesomeness of God. Zachar le vay, vayire umigeshetelav. The Pasuk says that all the Yisrael were nervous about coming forward to him, closer to him, because his face was radiating. So again, as a direct parallel in a positive sense, Moshe, by the way, parenthetically, seems to be taking on this role. We talked about this in another class of the direct emissary of HaKadosh Baruch It's directly paralleling what happened at the Sene to what happens later in the life. The Gemara mentions it in the context of as a reward parallel to what you did. That's how you were treated. And lastly, Bishar Mehabit, and the Pasuk says that they, Moshe wouldn't look at it. He was fearful of looking at it. Zacha, his merit was, his reward was, that's at the end of Parashat Beha'alotecha, when God speaks about the greatness of Moshe, it says that he saw Timunat Hashem. What is Timunat Hashem? It says, Rashi and He saw the back of God. He didn't actually see it and actually understand it fully, but he got the closest to it. it says, the Gemara et Kapai Vera The Pasuk says that. HaKadosh Baruch turns to Moshe at that juncture, at that time, after Chet and he says, you could see my back. What does it mean to see the back of Borei Olam? Amar Avuna Bar Amar Bishimon Chasidah, Baruch Hu Kesher Shel Tefilin. We learn from this that Kvyachol, MuKadosh Baruch shows to Moshe the back of the Tefilin, the Kesher of the Tefilin. Now there is a Machlok at how to understand this. I said the back, meaning Tefilin Shel Rosh. Alternatively, it means the Kesher, meaning the Kesher that you put on your arm. First and foremost, if it means the Kesher on the arm, then Makes a lot of sense in this context. The on your arm, in contrast to tefillin shel is supposed to be as purposefully covered. And according to many, that's that you could either physically cover it, or it's at the very least close to your body. It's not seen by all. That's the that's the imagery. The Keshe of the Tefillin is the imagery to Moshe Rabbeinu. You're not going to fully understand this. You're not going to fully see this, even if it's the Keshe on the back of the head. So it designates the back of the head. Why Tefillin? Says so Rashi, we read about Tefillin on Davah, the Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Tefillin b'chol yom. Remember that Gemara. What was the message of that Tefillin? Well, the message of that Tefillin, if you recall, was the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ta'am Yisrael, Mikam Chai Yisrael, Ka'am Yisrael, that was one of the Pesukim they envisioned as being in the parchments, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Tefillin. The message in turn is HaKadosh Baruch says to Moshe, listen, you can't really understand this, but I'll give you a general and, and fundamental, a facet of my relationship, of who I am. I have this Tefillin. I have this connectedness to this nation. That's what makes me and you uh this uh this uh, eternal um uh, makes for us an eternal bond and covenant. says so, the Gemara you should know again another statement of Biohanan name of Rubioseh. No connection other than Biohan the name of Rubyose let's go to the bottom of the Amud over here called any statement, every statement that comes in prophecy in Nivua. Harambam talks about this elsewhere, the significance of this. If it comes le if God promises through a prophet something positive in the future, uh, lo hazar He will not negate it. He'll never take it back. Minalan, where do we derive this from? Mi Moshe Rabbeinu, we learn this from Moshe Rabbeinu. How do we learn this from Moshe Rabbeinu? Shene emar, as the Pasuk says, the Gemara cites, or Biohanan in this context cites. What's the Pasuk? The Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to Moshe and says, move away from me and I'm going to destroy them. The promise then, the vision of God is, I'm going to destroy this nation. Furthermore, after I do so, I'll make from you, Moshe, a greater nation than they are right now. So pause for a second. It's a promise of... A calamity of catastrophe. I'm going to destroy them. But at the same time, there's a promise of positive to Moshe. Now, of course, we know what happens. Moshe turns to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and fights for them. He prays for the merit of Am Yisrael, and God decides to, in some inexplicable way, grant mercy to Am Yisrael. He doesn't destroy them. What about the promise to Moshe? Keep in mind, there was a twofold promise over here. Destruction and recreation, in a great way. It says the Gemara, Moshe uh, Even though Moshe was Baa Rachameh, he requested mercy, meaning he prays on this matter and he annulled the decree of God. Afilu Nonetheless, It was established in his descendants. What was established? that the size of a nation greater than Am Yisrael would descend from Moshe, which is an amazing thing. Again, you'd assume there's a condition. I'll make you greater if I wipe them out. The statement here is a nivua toba in a nivua, which is with objective positive will not be annulled. There's lots to be said about this and to be questioned. Haranbam, as I said, does elsewhere Imar, But how do you know that this was actually effectuated and put into motion with Moshe bene Moshe gereshom on the one hand, the pasuk describes here in Divrei Hayamim the names of the children of um, Moshe. And then the pasuk says right afterwards, Vayihyu bnei Ezer Harosh, banim rabu lemaala. What do those words mean? Rabu lemaala. Lemaala, of course, means upward. Rabu, we know that word it means to be great, like Harbe. But what does that mean? It means they had many. What does Rav mean? And Rav Yosef taught, what does it mean? Lema'ala greater than Mishishim Ribu, more than 60, 10, 000, which is 600,000. Of course, is the size of the males in Am Israel. How do you know that that's what it means in the Pasuk? The Pasuk has a Gezerah Shavah. The Pasuk over here says Rabu. And elsewhere we have the Pasuk, Rabu and it says elsewhere by Am Israel and Egypt to Israel paru vayishresu Yirbu, so the Dirashah is the same way, Am Yisrael, Soto, you had Rebu over here. But over here, it's Limala, it's greater than, it's more than 600,000, it means a Levuat Toba, which the Gemara will continue to discuss and debate, is Ena Chuzeret, even when it's Altena, even when it's conditional. What we established in the Gemara, many disjointed statements. Again, what was the common thread and theme? It was Rebiyo Hanan in the name of, Rabbi se we had fundamentally the three requests of Moshe Rabbeinu. We talked about Sadiq Feralo Rasha Vetoblo we tried to understand those matters a bit better. We talked about the inability of Moshe to see the face of Akadosh Baruch Hu. We talked about the positive or negative in the response of God. We talked about the Tefillin, the Keshe Shel Tefillin, is that the Tefillin Shel Yah, Tefillin Shel Rosh, what is the symbolism irrespective of that. And then lastly, we talked about this Nevoah Toba, which is in Ahhozeret, which we'll try to understand a little bit at greater depth at another occasion. But at the very least, the understanding in the statement is that is a reality that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises through nevuah for something positive, it's as we beheld and saw in the life of Moshe. Baruch Adonai the Olam. Amen BaAmen.